Hey y'all, it's Alexis from First Year Project, a podcast highlighting the good, the bad, and the integral parts of the first year experience. This week and next week episodes are both included in a two-part series highlighting the first year experiences of two creatives honing their craft. Together, they make 2048, and apart, they are Saidi and Same OD. If you all love hip-hop and new movements happening in hip-hop, you'll definitely want to catch both of these episodes. Hope you all enjoy. Peace. Hey, this is Saidi with Alexis on First Year Project. Hey, y'all. It's Alexis, and welcome to the First Year Project, a podcast highlighting the good, the bad, and the integral aspects of the first year experience. Today's episode is going to be so very Boston. Producer of smooth and soulful beats, coupled with creative and funky visuals, Saidi is a producer and visual designer hailing from Boston. On today's episode, we're talking everything Boston, from the influx of creatives finally getting national recognition for their work to our favorite things about the city. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I know you as Aaron, but I, I love your name that you came up with. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? So Saidi is basically just the word ideas flip backwards. And um, I kind of I kind of came up with that um, back in high school during my senior year and held on to it. And back then I was I was rarely producing, um, just mostly designing. And so I figured that this idea of a, a backwards idea could kind of create my platform for myself and, and my brand is limitless. Very dope. So yeah. I I know what you do, but can you tell the people exactly what you do and why do you do it? So basically I, I create visuals and I create soundscapes. Um, the reason for doing this <clears throat> is basically just because I... I creation drives me um i always have to be creating i always have to be actively thinking about creating um surrounding myself with inspiration to create um and also and also putting things out there um for other people to be inspired by to create um yeah that's basically my feel on that so how exactly did you get into producing and what was your first year like so man (laughs) I guess I, I started um, dancing with music when I was 12 years old. Um, my parents signed me up for a piano class and I was I was trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> I was trash. It was it was me and like five Asian girls and, and like it just five and, Asian girls. Yeah, And they were all they were all just nasty. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I like I like I couldn't do that. Um, well, I felt I couldn't do that. And, and I begged my parents to kind of get me out of there. And I wish they kept me in the class because um, mm-hmm. it, it probably would have helped things, you know, go a little quicker. But it is what it is. Um, and then in middle school, in seventh and eighth grade, I played guitar, um, started with acoustic and learned a little electric guitar and then totally like stepped away from music for most of my high school career. And then um, senior year started messing around a little bit in, um, in Ableton. And then. When I got to college, freshman year, um, I started like really going hard in Ableton and like trying to figure things out. And I came up with a project um, then now until, which is my first project. When did um, that come out? 
that was 2011, I want to say. So what was the process like going from... I'm not really doing much music for most of high school. And then you're kind of doing some to like, okay, I'm actually going to put a project out. And this is not something that I'm just going to talk about, but this is going to be something that comes to fruition. It was basically just like, I mean, I guess the, the introduction of like these new platforms for music to be even put, you know, in, in the world Very true. Um, and the internet that kind of like my generation grew up with. So with these new technologies, I was like, wow, like you can, like for a while I've been listening to music and like to a point where it was kind of an addiction and it, and it still is. And um, like, I, I can't find myself for one moment without listening to music. So I felt after a while, like, wow, I listen to so much music. Why don't I try to create my own and uh, kind of add to the conversation. And so, yeah. And so. Um, Aaron's out. I'm sorry. Saidi's out here drinking a little bit, so that's yep. the reason for the pause, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so uh, shout out to Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but seriously, like if, if, if they could fund an episode or, or a few, shout out to Hennessy and Coca-Cola. Yeah, and Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so basically I felt, you know, why not try to add to this conversation of music um, with all these new technologies and all these possibilities? And so... For a while, I was kind of, you know, just playing around, getting dirty in Ableton and like creating a lot of stuff that I think a lot of my friends were were like kind of fake yesing and like pushing on. It's like, yeah, like this is cool. Keep but keep doing it. And that was always the thing. Like, yeah, this is this is this is cool. But keep on going. Like, because I feel like, you know, they could probably see the potential from there. And like me, I'm making this stuff and like I wouldn't even listen to the stuff I was making. Like I would just say, what type of stuff were you making? I mean, it was it was <laughs> I never really I had to teach myself like a lot of this production stuff and mostly by like trial and error. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, you you create a song or I wouldn't even call them songs, but you create these arrangements and and you keep listening to them over and over. And like and you're constantly still listening to what else is out there, um, you know, wherever you're getting your music from. And that's truly like your inspiration. So as you keep listening to that and as you keep on trying and failing to the point where you start hearing where you can improve your music. And so I just kept listening to my stuff, no matter like how bad it was um, to the point where I actually enjoy listening to my music. And and now I, I can walk around and listen to my stuff. I can work to it. And that's like a whole other dynamic of of this music thing and like and why I do it is and a lot of it is just so that I can have something to listen to as I move throughout my day. That's very true. I'm always listening to music like yeah. historically in terms of every single single like uh educational system I've gone through, I've been known for like you have to scream and yell Alexis's name because she's listening to some music <laughs> that is so loud she will not be able to hear you. Like yeah. like on some serious stuff. Yeah. So you said earlier that you had a lot of friends who you thought were giving you the fake yeah like this is popping this is good how how much of a role would you say like your friends or or your circle rather has played in kind of keeping you going especially with that first project I think I think it's um it's a major role actually I would probably say that you know shout out to my friends for like me even being here to this point because um, as far as like, you know, as inspiration goes, the people that you live with and that you're constantly with, I feel are like your biggest inspirers. So 
you know, I can't, I can't sit here and say that, you know, that's not something that's driven me to, to even being able to be this creative and, and to be at this point in my life um, as a musician and as an artist. And how did the first project go? Like, how was it received overall? Um, so the first project actually had my roommate Royce, um, shouts out to Face God. I had him drop it on that piff. So that was good old that dot com. So that was that was like that was the first um, platform that I started using, and so he dropped it on his page because he had been creating these mixes of like all this dope music that he was listening to and um and finding, and that he felt that other people would probably be into, and so he would he would upload these mixes on the dat pip so that people could be hip to the new stuff, and um in freshman year we were roommates at UMass Dartmouth. And so I figured, you know, why not team up and, and be able to use this platform for something to try to push our music with a little bit. And so he dropped it for me. And uh, I think now it probably has like, probably like maybe around 2000 views or something well, like that. Up, yeah. And and like, it, which is which is nothing, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's interesting to even to be able to think like, wow, like at least 2000 people heard like one piece of something that I put out there. So that's that's something pretty cool to um to know exactly yeah in thinking about and kind of like framing mistakes as a necessary part of the process growing as an artist as a producer as a teacher a mother whatever the case is what would you say the biggest mistake you made in your first year was and like how did it impact how has it impacted your work to date i think um hmm let me see I would probably say my biggest mistake in my, f see, cause it's tough to say my first year because like, you could talk about something that happened yesterday. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I think, I think there's a couple songs that, I, that I may have put out that I probably should have held on to a little bit longer and kind of, um, and buffed up a little bit more. Um, just kind of like almost like a, you know, like premature. Okay. Um, thanks. So I, I think that's probably like my my biggest regret. Um, I can't say I have many regrets though when it when it comes to to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so so thinking about timing, right? Yeah. How has that kind of influenced your work, and I guess how you distribute your work to the masses? Um, I think I started out kind of with with like almost a lack of a sense of of timing because it was so much like. I kind of just wanted to like to to get the feels and like to kind of cast a rod and see what was out there yeah. and 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 see if anybody bit back and and kind of you know gave feedback on my stuff. So that was the original idea was to give feedback, which also ties into art because it's like you know you can't really call things truly art yet until they're put onto a a, a place for people to kind of create a conversation about it and, and and speak about it. And so um so I started out like you know maybe going too much with it and, and putting out stuff. And then I met D, the same old D. And uh, this guy really taught me about timing and like, and really like holding on to things and being able to perfect things to the point where they become jewels, um, you know, and, and not putting things up prematurely and, and kind of just being able to hone everything that you're working on and give people pieces and previews until you really hit them with like, with the big boom, you know. Shout out to D. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's helping us out today in, for real, for real. in many ways. So that's super dope. No, it's, so it's interesting because I was just having a conversation with someone about about timing and about like thinking as a creative, 
it can almost be um, debilitating to not put any of your stuff out and be like, you know what? I just feel like the timing isn't right. Um, let me wait. So in thinking about that and like folks who are trying to get into producing and, and being artists and doing anything creatively, is there is there a way to like find a balance between... I'm 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 producing all these things. I'm creating all these things, but but I'm not going to put any of it out because I don't, I don't know if any of it's good. And and then on the opposite end, you know, like you said before, just creating and putting out, creating and putting out. Is is there a balance? And and how, how does one find that? I think I think the main the main thing is is to stay engaged with whatever audience or demographic that you're trying to trying to pitch to. And so, like, whether that's putting out videos, whether that's, you know, dropping a track um, every once in a while, whether that to you is dropping a track every day, whatever it is that, that you can do to stay engaged um, with your potential audience is, is key. And even if, if it's going to events, if it's performing, if it's being seen, like, you have to be doing something to, to be out there um, and kind of, like, to create that feedback. Because the feedback is really, really necessary for your growth process, I feel. Very key, for sure. I saw on Twitter um, that you provided some of the production on Sam O'D's work. Yeah. So I kind of want to ask you, how how did that come about and how was your experience with that? And also just introducing the, the folks. Some, some, some people may not know who Sam O'D is. I've heard some of his stuff and I really, really like it, though. Yeah, so um, so me and D met my well, I think it was my freshman year in high school, like the summer of that. I mean, my freshman year in college, the summer of my freshman year in college, and she was actually crazy, man. Actually, D is right here, yo. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so the way that we met is actually on Instagram. So I posted this picture. And uh, this shit's crazy. Like I had, I see my reflection in a water fountain, and so I took a, a quick, you know, a little selfie, and I posted it on Instagram. And I remember D hit me up, like it was like, "Yo, it's like this is super dope" or something. And and right from there, like we kind of established this relationship where it began as me like coming over to D spot, like kicking it, listening to the music that he had and that he was working on. And this was like while I'm still like just beginning to produce myself, and D's been at it like, mm-hmm. like this guy is, <laughs> this guy is seasoned. So it's like um, we started out just doing that, and then I remember D got the machine, the MK One, I believe it was. Was that the MK One you got? It MK Two. Yeah, the MK One. And uh, yo, major shouts out to Machine and Native Instruments. Yeah, that's real. Um, you shouting out everybody today. Yeah, man, you gotta show love. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started, you know, going to D spot and like, and D was it was working on production and um and I learned a lot of stuff from him just watching him work on shit with the machine and like what he could do and like, you know, and and for that time, I didn't really have um. Like I, I was using Ableton still, but I was starting to move out of that and I felt like I needed to kind of like spread my wings a little bit more and kind of get more into the hardware. And so I was like, oh, word, like I should try to get a machine. And so um, I went in and got an MK2. 
I think it was probably like a few months after that or, or so. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started, you know, learning from D, like how to use it and like, you know, the hotkeys and like the, the important things to go to so that you could really like do what you want to do. And, um, you know, I started started cranking stuff out when I started to get that down. And uh, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but once you get past that, it's just like, it's kind of, you know, you create like a limitless place for yourself. And, um, you know, I would start to mess with machine, go back and forth between that and Ableton. And that's something that me and Derek always like have kept in focus is like being able to use different platforms for for the different um, opportunities that they present. And so like Ableton for mixing and whatnot, and, and even for arranging and production is is a great platform. And Machine, I, I sometimes like to get my drums out of there. Um, and then there's also a bunch of native instruments, plugins and whatnot, you know, that are just like super key uh, for a lot of my stuff. For sure. I, I have to share a confession as as, as you uh, bring that up. So even though I've, so I've, I've listened to these stuff and I've seen his pictures online, I did not know that he was the same man as the person sitting next to us. <laughs> you, he looks so different. <laughs> Wait, so when you said that, I was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's super dope. Yeah. So him being from Boston, us being from Boston, leads me into my next question, something that I've had a lot of different discussions and in some cases uh, debates with certain people about uh, thinking about a tweet that you put out recently that stated Boston is on its way to being the new Boston. I think this was in response yeah, to someone yeah. who tweeted like Boston is on its way to being the new yeah, Atlanta. Like, no, man, this is not what you should say. And nah, this is not a shot or anything like that. It's just like, you know, I feel like to say that Boston is on its way to be in the new Atlanta or to be in the new New York or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's kind of discrediting the artists that that are from Boston. And it's like, yo, like this is not this is the new Boston because in a sense, we're creating something totally new. Like this experience is not that, you know. And so like while we can we can see that, like, you know, there's clearly like a certain process that Atlanta has and like they have a vibe right now. Um, But I think Boston's in a totally different category. And so, you know, when I was saying that, that's basically what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. You get Boston's props for really creating something new and a unique experience and, and you know, new music. Especially to the young folks, too, because I feel like low-key for decades, Boston wasn't necessarily known as a, as a city for its creativity, creativity musically, per se. Yeah, not 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 as openly. Much. Not, yeah, not as much as other cities. I think I think there's been kind of there's always been kind of like an underground scene, but absolutely. But as far as like really having people that are like icons and such, like there's there's not too many in you know in the past. So I think there's definitely something to be said about like young folks really carving out their own opportunities and like creating this like niche where the music is true to them and the music is true to to the city in in many different ways right because like Suffolk County like those those videos are are in Phil's corner but they resonate with people who are outside of the city which is which is beautiful to me as as someone who I feel like I'm always defending Boston in some way shape or form uh me being in New York and you know at in another point in my life living in in LA as well 
I feel like there's so much about the city that not many people know who live out the city or people have a very uh, narrow minded, I guess, idea of like what the city is at its core. Yeah. So like this resurgence, like over the past, you know, five, five, five ish years, what do you think it means for the city? I mean, I think I think it's it's just like I mean, it's, it's beautiful. You know, and it's most oh, sorry, I'm far from the mic. It's, <laughs> it's I I think it's beautiful, man. And at the end of the day, like just the amount of things that have happened within the past what, like two years, maybe three years. Yeah. Like as far as as far as us really like jumping outside of the city past mm-hmm. like you know, the the work that's been put put in up to that point is is even in addition of like you know what it is to get to where we are now and so you know the amount of things that have been going on in the past two or three years and and how dynamic the scene even is and like there's you know there's a few artists right now that have kind of like broken that that glass ceiling Mm -hmm. and now there's like there's so many more artists that are you know lined up behind these people yeah um, and that that are fired you know they're fired up and ready to go so i think it's just it's really dope that now we can actually see like there's there's true facts that like eyes are definitely on the city right now so it's really a good time to be here there's something to be said too about like it's hard for people to visualize someone in a certain profession or someone in a certain craft without there being someone to break out in that craft from that city so i feel like the talent has always been here but for some reason uh, Boston being small, Boston not necessarily being seen as like a huge market, uh, Boston being seen as a, I, I had someone who asked me the other day if, if there are black people in Boston and where are they? And it's like, what? <laughs> Have you been to Dorchester? <laughs> Have you been to Roxbury? Like, what? It's like really crazy to me, but I think it's much easier to, to, to kind of pique people's interest and be like, oh, okay, like, Stis is out here doing it. I wonder who else is there. Right. Why do you think that's that, that that's the the case though? Why like why hasn't it why wasn't it like that before? Or Absolutely. I I really don't know to tell you the truth. Um I think before a lot of a lot of things were kind of like boxed in and so like minds weren't as open as I think they could have been and there's kind of been like this whole new mindset and I think that's truly like what was fueled like where we get into now is like this new mindset of like having this open mindedness about creation and like about artistic expression and music and people really being accepting of different types of things as being their own unique thing and allowing others to thrive and for us to to really team up and 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 kill things out here um because i think in the past there's been a lot of division so this, this new unity is is definitely driving this for sure who are you listening to right now from Boston? Oh man. Um <laughs> let me say, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's there's a few cats. Um obviously like, you know, uh Stays, Christmas, mm-hmm. um, Lino, um, you know, of course, same old D, like I got me and D shit and D shit and like my shit on my iPod. What what all the time, what, like I always What's your relationship? You you indeed like 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 are you guys teaming up on everything like t- 
tell the folks about how y'all not so so we're we're our own people and together we're the 2048 um so this is like this is this is my brother so you know we work on a lot of music together we work on a lot of music apart and Mm -hmm. like we just we're collaborators at the end of the day yeah um yeah very cool. Yeah, that's it. Yo, because it's been like a totally like organic like relationship. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because like, because um, for me, like, I'm really like, because I like started like doing my thing not too long ago. I was like, I'm really like, I be really like, I look kind of look at like, making music with someone, like having sex with them. You feel me? Like, so, <laughs> making music with someone, like having sex. Yeah. So I was like, you I don't want to just like. I was like, I don't, cause it's like, so it's like, I don't want to just have sex with anybody. <laughs> so, so, so you know, me and A do selective, yeah, 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 cause yo, cause it's like totally organic, so it works better that way. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying with like, so I don't know, and plus it's like, um, I, like when I'm on A's beats, it feels like, um, like I was supposed to be on his beats, so like that alone, like that's just, crazy, yeah, legit. And like I don't know, it just it works. So I was like, "Fuck it, let's ball out." That's, that's really it, right? We got to get you on the show too. So we'll be back Absolutely. here. Absolutely. With another bottle of fantasy and some coke. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, what? What to you? What are the top five things that you like love about about Boston? And then I'll share my list. I, I've I've actually been thinking about this, so this isn't fair to you a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but I've been thinking about this a little bit. Myself. Okay. All right. Um. So I would say probably. Let me see. Uh, there's so many things. All right, definitely, definitely the summer. Number one, ooh, Boston summers. Yeah, definitely the summer. Elaborate, because because Boston is known for its snow, and I get it. I was here through the fifty thousand feet of snow last year, but how are Boston summers like? So so the summer is like you know when Boston gets a chance to get warm, and like there's just so much shit going on mm-hmm. in the city in, in the summertime, and like the weather is solid, like the climate changes a little bit, and so like. The energy's a little bit different and, and people are out like moving around and um you know there's something to be said for that energy so i think the summer is really like one of my favorite things about being from from here number one number two number two would probably be ooh, probably probably alston <laughs> Why Austin? Explain <laughs> yourself, sir. So, so Austin um, is is a very unique neighborhood. It is. Um, and I I was working at AWOL and actually still am working for AWOL. Um, I've been there since 2011, mm-hmm. and so just being around like that part of the city and like just like experiencing Austin for what it was and like the amount of diversity that's in Austin and like all different types of people and the 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 music relationships that I built from people in Austin and like the food there, like which leads me to the next thing, which Number is three. which is food. <laughs> um so we have garlic and lemon. Have you been to garlic and lemons? I haven't. Wait, where is this? So garlic and lemons is in Austin. Um, on Harvard Ave. And why is it called garlic and lemons? It's like uh, Mediterranean food, so like Ooh, Lebanese food. Okay. Yeah, really, really good. I gotta try it out. I'm supposed to be going to, to dinner tonight, so. Yeah, yeah. So definitely check out garlic and lemons. Um, and also Il Mondo's on uh, Mass Ave. Uh-huh. Um, 
is like a key spot and they've they've held cats down you know as far as just like being a cool hangout spot for people to collaborate and work on stuff um i know i've, I've worked on a lot of things over there nice and they held it down you know with with food and whatnot so number four um number four let me see i would probably say like this new this new art scene that for sure. is that is boston and um and just how original it feels and and just being able to be a part of that and have that opportunity the mayor the current mayor is act has actually even uh brought about funds that like if you're in the creative economy that like you could have applied to really to like yeah like I, so i feel like boston doesn't do necessarily a good enough job of, like promoting stuff and being like hey this is happening come here like be about it like i metro booming was here yesterday and i had so many people who were like wait what <laughs> wait <I did> <laughs> exactly <laughs> wow. like are you serious wow. boston yeah he, he was at a uh, bijou yesterday oh oh that's why there was so many people at bijou yeah i just yeah i just came back from new york last night so we drove past bijou uh -huh. and it, was, it was looking crazy yeah but i feel like as a city it's trying to be more cognizant of some really dope and creative uh people are here doing dope and creative work especially yeah. right we have so many colleges and universities like come on yeah so there has to be more of a focus on that so i'm i'm really glad that it seems like the city is starting to go in that direction definitely number five and yeah that leads me to five which is the people <laughs> that, hey um, so just the people of boston um and and kind of like who who we are and like it's kind of you know one of my favorite things just because of what we're able to output as people and like uh -huh. the it's 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 a small city and being in new york is kind of like giving me like a, a very like interesting way to look at both things from um from different lenses and so just being able to have like this city where things are so much like more close-knit yeah, because it's such a, it's such a small city, and like you actually really do get a chance to know people mm -hmm. and to learn about people, and so you know I think that's I think that's dope that we have that opportunity as a smaller city here. Very nice. Yeah, I had Victoria Diners on my list, Wally's, <laughs> Collective Boston, my mama's house, <laughs> just to name a few other things I love about Boston. But yeah, no, it's a really dope and like intimate city and so i also live in new york now um and it is definitely something that i do kind of miss how was yeah. your transition so you moved very recently yeah I've, I've moved super recently two weeks ago actually so you are fresh yeah i'm, I'm definitely fresh um how's your transition been it's been kind of crazy, man. I mean, the whole process, like, leading up to my transition into New York was kind of crazy. Like, basically, you know, I got this this job offer, um, like, around two and a half, three weeks before I even moved to New York. So I really had, like, this really small time frame mm -hmm. to work with as far as, like, figuring out if I was going to do that. Yeah. And, um, and so since being there, I'm actually staying with my aunt right now in Queens. Shout out to um, Queens. Yeah, shout out to Queens. Um, so I'm staying out there right now and, and commuting into Manhattan and um, and working at Essence Magazine right now doing web design and, and graphic design and production for them. Um, 
with you now being at, at Essence and your whole transition to New York, like this kind of is making another first year for you, right. essentially. True. It's like two years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like what what excites you about that and then what what kind of scares you about that? Um, so I mean the thing that excites me is like just this this idea of like of planting seeds and, and being able to kinda do these different things and see each of them to their blossoming, like to the point where they kinda like grow to being something that you're truly like invested in. And so being able to have like, you know, music right now is like is really coming up and like I feel like I'm in, I'm getting to a solid place with that. And then to be further in my design career at the same time is is really tight you know very nice and what scares the shit out of you even if it's just a little bit uh did, let me see think about it yeah i mean fear fear is a man-made construct so i can't really fear is a man-made construct so you so you have to elaborate on that I don't, yeah I, I i tried um and more recently i tried to release like most of the fear that i had just because like i noticed that um having fear kind of holds you back and kind of holds you back from doing a lot of things. And, um, so, so recently I'm trying to really like, let go of any fear that I have and like really like noticing like when, when anything like that starts to like come up emotionally or whatever. And like noticing that it's not, not a true thing. Um, and so I can't really say I have any like fears, just more so like excitements as far as like what's going on right now. And like, and I think mainly just trying to stay balanced and, and keep a level head so that I can continue to work at, at my best capacity. How does one mentally just like block out fear? Um, Like what's that process like? It's just, it's just like just being very like aware of, of yourself, you know, mm. and like in, in being very like, trusting in like the universe and like what's going to happen you know and not worrying about like what's coming next because like anticipation is basically what fear is and like mm. if you if you, you a lot of the time like fear is just built up so much it's like anxiety and like it's 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 the fear is worse than what's actually happening so yeah it's almost like a waste of time so i'm a i'm a, actually a huge believer in the universe unfolds just as it should it's so, like yeah everyone and everything is is in its place for a reason and that's just kind of a part of the tapestry of how things are supposed to go yeah so if you could give your your first year self this is you know you in your first year being like okay i think i want to uh get into producing i think i want to do this more and i think i want to do it more like on like a a, a serious you all can't see me, but I'm putting up air quotes because I think if you create, you create. But either way, yeah. in a in a serious way, um, what are some words of wisdom that you would say? Um, <clears throat> let me see. I would probably <clears throat> clear your throat. I would. I would probably say, um, really, just take your time mm. and and really early try to establish a sense of patience um with everything and and i think patience is very important when it comes to this type of stuff and like in timing and so yeah just have patience and and trust in in your vision and the people that you believe in that are around you's visions and 
just hold that, you know. Patience is hard. Yeah, I don't know if I have is, enough patience for patience sometimes. Patience is <laughs> tough. I got a slow ass computer, so my patience is Woo. like it's tight now, you know. <laughs> Just waiting for things to load up. You like see my, my MacBook. This is this is from <laughs> the uh early to mid BU years. I'm about a almost a few out at this point, so <sighs> Wow. Yeah. What year is your is your MacBook? No, really. I like I think I got my MacBook uh, my junior year of college. That was like 2011, 2010. Wow. Okay. I think I got mine actually around the exact same time. And it crashed. And then I showed up to Apple and it was like, nah, bro, I just got this. So you all have to give me a new one. <laughs> so I got a new one. And then, yeah, it's been it's been going strong ever since. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, MacBooks are, are funny. Some people, as it seems like, just can't get a break with them. And, and sometimes, you know, they're like the main tool. Exactly. Yeah. No, like I do everything on here. Yeah, yeah. Like Apple is super important <laughs> for, <laughs> for the movement. <laughs> if it wasn't for Apple, man, a lot of this If it wasn't for Apple. Down. Someone should make a song that starts with the, if it wasn't for Apple. <laughs> That's the new hit. If it wasn't for iTunes. Yeah. So kind of wrapping up, and thinking about like Boston as a whole, what do you think the city uh, still needs to work on? Um, I think we just should maintain what we're doing now and continue to evolve as individuals and to continue to to maintain like a level of respect for each other and for, for creators in Boston um, and really know that like as tight as we can become as artists and as a as a community and to really flex that unity is what's going to help us get to where we're trying to go right now so what do you look forward to seeing happen in like this this movement that's happening in Boston man i i'd like to see a lot of things happen um i'd really like to see you know where where we can take it yeah you know like what's what's really like what's really going to happen with everything that's boiling right now? Like, where is it going to take us to? And like outside of Boston, like internationally, like, like folks are going to be catching flights, you know, and seeing all this, all these different things, just like off the strength of what they're creating. So it's, um, I really hope, you know, that we get to get to wherever we're going. (laughs) That's it. Well, thank you you so much for this interview. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Shout out to Dalvin Beats and the Bad Decisions Collective for our musical tunes and Creator K and Andrea for our logos. Production and editing on today's episode were both done by myself. Please make sure to download, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find episodes on our website, firstyearproject.com as well as on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Lastly, to share and learn from each other, every Monday is Share Your Shit Monday. Take a flick of any project or piece of work you're currently diving into and share it with us by using the hashtag share, yo as in Y-O, and sh as in S-H-H. I can't wait to see what all you all are working on this week, and I'm super excited to share with you as well. 
You can follow us on Twitter at FirstYearPRJ. And then also feel free to visit our website at FirstYearProject.com. Peace. Thank you.